and the grapefruit. The grapefruit has segments, okay, if you haven't already picked it up. And that's, why we, that's how we compartmentalize our lives when we talk about the kingdom and the special sacred place and, the, and then the, the not sacred place, the secular place. But we're not, we're not about that. We're, we're more milkshake here. Everything's in it. Everything's blended. Everything's together. Your work life, your work friendship life, your, your relationship life. Where you go, the kingdom goes, right? Because you've surrendered your heart to the rule and reign of King Jesus, and therefore where you go, he goes. So it doesn't matter where you are, that's kingdom. And it doesn't matter where you live, you're assigned there because you've brought the kingdom of heaven with you. So this week, I want us to step outside of that. I want us to step outside of the place where we normally are, where we just naturally are. And I want us to some way see if we could as a community of faith and as you personally could maybe think about disrupting the normal pattern and habits of our lives to see the kingdom of heaven come and so that we could echo heaven here on earth most decisions i don't know if you're aware of this but i'm more and more aware of it especially with the driving conditions around dungallon at the minute most of my world and the culture that i live in is made from a blessed point of view as in resource Most of my living is out of resource and plenty. And most of the decisions that I make on a daily, weekly, hourly um, basis is around this word called convenience. Convenience. I want you to think about your week and your decisions. How many of your decisions this week were made from convenience or around convenience? So even even if you're commuting at the minute, you're... I'm tra- Before I leave the house now because the Killy Man and the Cavern Road and, and all the roads are dug up for the, the gas works, I'm thinking, what's more convenient? What could save me one minute? What could save me 60 seconds? Because I'm going to actually do a lot with that 60 seconds, right? I'm going to change the world. But I, I'm, I'm actually thinking about that. What are, you, you think about your week, the choices that you've made this week, the choices that you made this morning. What was the convenient element in that? It, it, it's, it's funny. Most of our decisions are made with convenience in mind. And so I want you to let that run through your head. Think about your choices and how you came to make them. Actually, let's think about some really funny, practical things you make, we, we make out of convenience. We live in a really convenient world, right? Uh, toothpaste. Right? Let's do this side of the room first. This side of the room. You're going to buy a tube of toothpaste. Would you, A, buy one with the screw top? Because that takes a lot of time and effort, right? Or do you just get the one that pops up? Pop up or screw? Pop up. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, 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 yeah, that, that is true. We always make a decision on, on, on money. But some of us will go to ridiculous world because it's convenient. Right? The pump's easier. Who said that? Are you from Collibaggy? The moy. The pump's easier. Right? If I go in and I buy a t- tube of toothpaste, you ain't going to get me buying a screw top. I'll pay 20p more for the flick of a top. Uh, and convenience is, is what we look for. Uh, again, run it through your mind. The road works. Uh, I have a friend called Andy Smith, and he, he, he's, uh, he's quite like black and white sometimes when it comes to conversation. So he's got this phrase, you know, when people say, he's, he's a pastor of Vineyard, uh, the Belfast City Vineyard. He also heads up this the region of Ireland, for Vineyard Churches UK, and Ireland. And he's got this saying, when he asks his leaders, can they do something, and they say, no, I can't. And then he follows up with the second question, can't or won't? Because sometimes we just say can't when it really means I won't, because of convenience again. And I don't know about you, but I live a lot of my life out of convenience. 
Don't you? No? Just talking to myself this morning. This is a great talk for Jason this morning, and I hope that you enjoy it, and that you can somehow expand your mind to enter into the conversation, and, it, and it's some practical help for you this morning. So all, a lot of our life is around convenience. Convenience. And then the second question I've got to ask myself is, then how does my value stand up with Jesus and his kingdom? Because if I look at the life of Jesus, it wasn't terribly convenient, right? You look at the scriptures, if you, if you turn the pages of scripture at all, and I encourage you to do that, I don't read too many scriptures that encourage me to be convenient, to stay safe. They're very hard to come by. There is comfort in affliction. There is comfort in the storm, and we sang about that this morning. There is comfort in, in staying with Jesus, but I do not see safety. I don't see safety. People say, the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. I would argue with that. I would say the most dangerous place to be as a follower of Jesus Christ is to be right in the center of God's will because it always causes us to more. I don't know about you, but he never makes it safe for me. He never makes it convenient for me. And yet this is what the culture I'm swimming in is all about convenience. Convenience. Does that relate? Just a little bit. So I think we need to as people and our culture is... Who's hiding behind the posts today? Hi, Sarah. Anybody else? A few of you. Let's get rid of Can we get rid of that post for, for next Sunday? Just knock it down and maybe that one too. I'm sure it's safe enough to do that. John, John's a workhorse. You want to see this guy working yesterday? Could you take the... No, okay. <clears throat> Here's, this is for me anyway, and you can, you, can do, you can do what you choose with it. I have to re reorientate my life at times. I have to reorientate my life at times if I want to bring the love and the power and the presence of the kingdom to where I'm at. In fact, let me say that again because that doesn't make sense. I've got to reorientate my life and step out of where I'm at and go to where the future is coming. Because the kingdom of heaven is all about the future and faith in the present, right? It's about the future. So everything we do as a church, people say, what is our vision? Our vision is to surrender to the future of Jesus Christ. Not my future, his future, his good future, his preferred future. The future of heaven that is coming towards earth. He is making all things new. Therefore, God is bringing heaven to earth, right? Revelation 21, Genesis 2, garden renewal. We start in the garden, Genesis 2. Revelation, where do we end up? In a garden. Only it's a different garden that I talked about last week. It's more of a city garden. It's a city garden where we create and we make out of all that God has us. And so we're not a static people. We are a moving people. We are a pioneering community of faith. And we need to reorientate our lives, guys. And I want to help you this morning. An encouragement is all I can do. Not to persuade you, but to encourage you to reorientate your life to be inconvenient at times. To be inconvenienced at times. So let's jump into the scriptures this morning. And um, let me pray. Father God, would you come? Would you speak to us? Would you energize us? Keep us awake in the heat? God, would you make the scriptures alive in our heart? Not just in our heart, but our minds and our hands and our feet too, Jesus. And in our mouth, God, that we would speak, do the works of the king and the kingdom. And see them become a reality here, near and far. In Jesus' name, I pray. Awaken spirits, awaken hearts to love. In Jesus' name. I would say, here's the lesson this morning. I just have one lesson, and here's my lesson. It's never okay, or it's never safe to think God would never ask that of me. Again, it's my experience. 
It's never safe to go down that road of Christianity. It's never safe to presume that God would never ask that of me. And the ask is whatever he wants to ask of you. The question, the reorientation of your life, to step outside of your normal week, your 95, where you live, where you work, where you do things, and just actually reorientate your life, position your life to lean into the future and to head towards where the future of God is. That sometimes means we've got to move, we've got to show up, and we've got to put our hand and heart to the place of critical demand, wherever the king calls us. And so the lesson is, it's never safe to think that God would never ask that of me. It's never safe. So let's jump into the scriptures this morning. First Kings 17, here's one of those most inconvenient, embarrassing, cringe-worthy texts that I have ever read. And I hope that you engage with me this morning. Now, Elijah, he's the, he's the cool prophet everybody wants to be, right? Because he does some amazing things. He's, he's, he's the dude. The Tishbite from Tishbe. In Gilad, he said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives to my serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except <coughs> my word. A pretty powerful statement. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, as it said, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Nekith ravine, east of the Jordan. You'll drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Clear instruction. God speaks. Go here and go there inconvenience. You've got to move where the future is coming in because the future is coming in in this moment. This is a kingdom moment. This is the rule and reign. This is the dynamic rule and reign of Jesus Christ. This is his government coming to earth and this is God's solution. This is God's plan. So he's got to go towards where the kingdom is coming in. Do you understand where I'm going with that? Okay. It's not static. So it's a clear instruction. Verse 5. And here's something I never want you to guide over. This is probably one of the, the verses that will help you in life more than a lot of verses. So he did what the Lord told him. <laughs> uh, exercise and diet. It's easy when you know how. You remember that? You remember who was it? Absolutely fabulous. They were taking all the pills and all the diet stuff. And the daughter says, Mom, if you just diet and exercise, you lose weight. And she said, don't be silly, darling. If, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> right? So... He did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. You want to grow in relationship with Jesus? You want to become a more devoted follower of Jesus Christ? Guys, it's not found in hours and hours spent in Scripture. That'll help you as a follower of Jesus. If you want to become a, a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, here's what I want to give you, simple and good advice. When the divine walks with you on earth, this is a simple, dynamic walk. Do what the Lord speaks. Do it. Even when it feels inconvenient, orientate your heart, position your heart. We need to start to learn to reposition our hearts, our minds. We've fallen into the culture of society where we just lean on our own understanding, where we position ourselves for safety and comfort and convenience because of the culture and because we're so blessed with resources and everything else that we have in the West that we, we, convenient, we have convenient Christian lives. Christian culture has become so convenient. I mean, we're not so bad, but you go to the States, you know, it's like they've got lemonade fountain or pop fountain drinks. Okay, they've got Super Bowl Sundays. They've got all sorts of things. You can pick and choose a church every, every day of the week. You, you can go for the smoke machines. You can go for the light machine. You can go for the dance, the choreography. You can go for the exceptional Christmas show. You can go for whatever. But I would say something, I want to say not to criticize that, but guys, that's not the message of Jesus. 
It's about a surrendered group of people following Jesus and giving their yes to the king and reorientating their hearts to position themselves to be inconvenienced at times. Now, here the other side of that, I don't want you to be miserable coming here. We want to make it comfortable for you, but we're not, on, we're not here to put on a show. We're here to surrender our hearts and to be encouraged, right? So let's, let's think about that. Let's think about our walk. You see, even, even in the church in the West, today, we're, we're, we're so for, for convenience. You know, if, if the sun's shining, we're thinking... And I don't know, this is a battle, right? You know, it's people saying there's a lot of competition with churches in Dungan. And who are you kidding? There's no competition. The sun is our biggest competition this last four weeks. Okay, it's not the independent Methodist, free Methodist, free Presbyterian, brethren, strict brethren, independent brethren, if there is such a thing, or anything they got there. It's the sun, right? It's the sun. And so sometimes it's even inconvenient to come out and gather as a community of faith, sing together like we did this morning, and receive the presence of Jesus Christ, that beautiful sacrament of his presence, and to engage in that and dwell in that. That's a kingdom impact right there, right? That's inconvenient. Okay, let's keep going. So I want us to measure our spiritual maturity here at Vineyard Church Dungana, not by how often, I'm just going to say this to you and to balance this out, not by how often you show up at church. Not by how often you frequent the, the prayer space. Not by how often you attend a life group. Not by the amount of money that you give. Uh, though we are tracking. Uh, but, just to make you nervous. But, but by how long it takes you to say yes to Jesus. When he speaks, how long? What's the time frame between he speaks and you answer? What's the time? No, and better than that. What's the time frame between how long he speaks and how long it takes you to obey? Because obedience is the resource of the kingdom, the fruit of obedience, right? The fruit of obedience is, is the kingdom economy. Our yes leads us into more of the king and the kingdom. Our yes, our obedience leads us to the fruit of tomorrow and what God wants to do in our lives. And so our yes today will help us jump into tomorrow's favor and God's purpose for our lives. I know it sounds dead simple, guys, but yet it's so, so true. true. It's a kingdom principle. To obey is better than sacrifice. Just obey. Forget about sacrifice. Obey is better than sacrifice. That's what the scripture teaches us. So one of the ways that we measure that uh, is not, and you're maybe thinking, Jason, you can't test people. Well, I don't know. I think there is some elements to our Christian faith where we can measure it, right? It says, how do you know that they're my disciples? What's the test? What's the, what's the answer? Help me. How do you know you're a disciple of Jesus Christ? How will they know we're disciples? By their by their love for one another. And so there is some things that are, are signposts to who we are and what we believe and what we talk about. So you can measure it. Basically, how quick we obey is a great, great measurement of how mature you are in your faith and surrendering your yes to his preferred future is a smart. Okay, first six, let's keep going. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. That's a pretty good deal. And he drank from the brook. So he did it and he did it. Do you get that? Okay. He did it, Elijah, and God did it. He, he comes and he does and he supplies. He moves. Elijah moves. And he gets what God says. He receives the result and the fruit of the kingdom. So he does it. We do it. It's a partnership. We're in workmanship with God. We're not some robots that are sitting on planet Earth waiting for this God to move us all about and like a chessboard. No, we are co-workers with Christ, made in Christ's image, image bearers. We echo the king and the kingdom. We are kings and priests making out of nothing or making out of something. We've got raw resources here on Earth, and we are creating and making all things new. It's a beautiful thing, right? From the garden to the city. 
Genesis 2, Revelation. The ravens brought him the bread. Obedience and provision are always linked together. Obedience and provision. I meet so many grumpy Christians, none here, of course. Any grumpy Christians here this morning? No. No. Right? So if you're a grumpy Christian, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. And if this place makes you grumpy, honestly, go find another place. Don't be grumpy. You don't need to be grumpy. Obedience and provision always work together. I meet grumpy Christians and say, God never shows up. God never does this for me. And you're waiting for the very job, my life. You're waiting. You know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Uh, go and do some speed dating. I don't know. Is that, can you say that? Like with other Christians, by the way, of course. Uh, uh, so you've got to do some things. You've got to obey. You've got to move. You've got to respond to what God's doing in your life. If you're looking for God to provide, when you, when's the last time you said yes? When's the last time you were inconvenienced and moved to what God was saying and actually received the promise? Did I ever tell you about washing the car? I have washed the car a few times. So we used to have a wee white puzo, and it felt the Lord said, day, one day, wash the car. Have I told this story before? If it's boring. Anyway, okay. So uh, I don't have a lot of tools, and I don't have a lot of car stuff. But what I did have was a wee small sponge and very liquid one day. And I really felt the Lord saying, I was crying out, God, I need to move a job. I need to change a job. Uh, I'm not feeling creative. I'm not feeling like I'm bringing life and helping people to flourish where I'm at. I want to do that. I want to see fruit and flourishment because that's what our work is called to do. When we're called to work, we're called to rule and reign to be fruitful in Genesis. That's our, that's our mandate. And so I was really frustrated. And, and, and I, I was chatting to the Lord about work, and the Lord says, wash your car. And I said, this is just the devil talking, right? But you know the voice of the devil and the voice of Jesus? The devil is accusatory. He talks to you in a third person. Jesus talks to you like a father would talk to you. If you're, if you're trying to figure out the voice of God, that's the best way that I could practically help you this morning. People say, I can't hear God's voice. I can't hear God's voice. I can just feel God's voice. God, would you just speak to me? Just speak to me. And God does speak to you, but we just need to relax and, and, and realize it's not complicated. It's not formulas. It's just how God talks to a father. So he's not accusatory. He's not critical. So therefore... I thought, I haven't got nothing to wash the car, a bit of hot water and a bit of fairy liquid and I had one of these wee sponges. Now the key is getting the sponge the right way around. Because one side's abrasive and the other side's soft. And so I learned quickly that the soft side works way better than the abrasive side. I am learning a lot. I've actually changed the spark plug on my scooter too in the last four weeks. So hey, this, this is a new me. So I'm getting in and out, changing the water, making the story short. Sconnard, it was a hot day. We're living in Tobermore. In and out the kitchen with this wee bucket and this wee sponge and the fairy liquid. And I got in and the phone's ringing. And I thought, we'll answer that, we'll not answer it. Pick up the phone, no word of a lie. A guy phones me up and said, hey, we've, we know that you manage a shop, such and such a place. Would you like to come work for me? I said, yeah. Now, that sounds like a really, doesn't that sound like a, I am a prophet? But it's just pure, simple obedience. Move to where the future is breaking into your life. Obedience and provision always go together. So some of you just need to wash your heart this day with very liquid and sponge. No, this is not a model. This is not a template for a new job, by the way. All right. So the brick was a specific place to go, and it became the place of provision. That's all I'm saying. We doing okay? Sometime later, the brook dried up. Okay, so how does that work? You know, does God tell you, does God ever speak to you in your life and it's a place of provision? And then all of a sudden it seems not to work. And what's the first thing we followers of Jesus, or even if you're investigating Jesus and you're still out there and trying to make a decision, what's the first thing we conclude? 
Let me help you with it. Must not have been God. Must not be God. I can't hear from God. No, 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 no. He did hear from God, right? And sure, like, as my great granny Jean always says to me, you know what's coming next, don't you? If it's... <laughs> it must have been for you. The brook just dried up. And so, <clears throat> the word of the Lord came to him. Guys, it's just a natural fact here. You know, we get... We just get weird in the kingdom. The kingdom of God invades all of life. It's naturally supernatural. Let me tell you, here's the, here's the wild part about the brook. If it's dry for a long period of time, guess what happens? Go on. It dries up. There you go. So that's what happens. It's just a natural element to this. Listen, there comes a time. Oh, let me, let me read on, sorry. Verse 9, go at once to Seraphath. So God's still speaking. You see, God's moving. God's moving with us. He's not planted you somewhere. He just doesn't meet you in the secret place. He does meet you in the secret place. But he can meet you at the front of the city gates where wisdom shouts, as Psalms talk about in Proverbs shout. And the, and the noise and the bustle of life is still there. He can meet you. He can, he, he can meet you in the Monday morning. He can meet you in the car. He can meet you in the shop. He can meet you in the dentist. He can meet you anywhere. He can meet you in the cafe, the pub, the gym. He, he moves with us. He's, he's a God that loves to speak. I'm sorry. The problem with him is life. It's a big problem, right? Jesus is alive. He shows up here, there, and everywhere. You see, it's not static. It's God's dynamic and powerful rule. That's, that's the kingdom of God. It's a basileal of the kingdom of God. It's, it's dynamic. It's powerful. It's not some static religion or theology or some theory. It's actually the power and presence of a new government moving into communities and places and spaces. Isn't it good? The kingdom of heaven is the best thing since sliced bread. Guys, if you don't have the theology of the kingdom, I'm going to tell you something right now, and this is a big statement. You have really nothing. Because Jesus came in Mark 1, 14 and 15 and said, hey guys, change the way you think the kingdom of heaven is coming. And then from everything from that point is mere commentary. It's important, but it's commentary to the kingdom of heaven. All the parables, all the teachings, everything that Jesus taught and said, even Paul's letters, they're all commentary to this thing called the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. Go at once. He says, in the region of Sidon, and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. We sometimes get to thinking, if God meets me there, the provision's there, I will always have provision there. Here's the big lesson. That was for a season, now it's another season. It's another season. So we want to be, I want to, I want to try and help you and give you some languages. We're, 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 we, turn, we turn the seasons Turn into the seasons, not we turn into the seasons. We actually lean into the seasons of God, right? Do that. It makes life easier for you. And so if you want to become a, a vibrant follower of Jesus Christ, if you don't, well, then that's okay. You can just grace and mercy for that. You can just live life and do life as you want. But if you, if you want to move for the kingdom in the future that's dynamic and, and it's inconvenient at times, then I would encourage you to do that. It's a way easier, more fun way to do life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Then you can do that. But I want to tell you that Again, it's not static and there are seasons. If you stay there too long in your season of life, the brick might dry up. Let me change the word might. The brick will dry up. The brick will dry up. Are you with me? God met me there. He's always going to meet me there. No, God wants to walk with you. He wants to treat you like a human 
humanity. He's in our hearts. He's in, he's in humanity. He, he wants to work with you and talk with you. You know what I mean? He, he, he wants to engage every part of life with you. And so he wants to walk and journey with you. He doesn't want to just keep you by a brick all the time. That's not a good place for you to be. That's a place of provision in a certain time. There's also seasons of life where he wants you to flourish, where he wants you to take the next step, where he wants you to walk into what he has for you. And so therefore, don't always go to the same thing in the same place. It might and it will dry up. You can't mate and will, it will. The Christian life is not formula. It's not static. It's not a set of rituals and principles. It's a life filled with the Holy Spirit who's described as what? The wind. The breath. He blows here. He blows there. It's our job to follow the wind. To hear the sound of heaven. And to respond to that. Let's just pause our hearts. The Spirit of God's just dropped in. He's here. I want to bless you right now to hear the sound of heaven. Come, Holy Spirit. I don't know if you're feeling it right now, but I just felt the Spirit of God. The kavad of God, the, the weighty presence of the King just dropped in. Just come, Holy Spirit. Ah, oh, that your weight, your weighty presence, your glory come on us right now. Come, Jesus. Blow. Blow wherever you choose. <laughs> Blow wherever you choose today. God, we just as a community of faith, we, we set our sails up and we say, you blow. You blow. You set the direction, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Right now, God's just healing people. There's back pain gone from the right hand side of your, your, your body. You're experiencing pain and you've just sensed a release and a freedom in that. Could you just wave at me if that's you this morning? Really sense that happening. Right shoulder too, you're starting to loosen up and get free. I'm sure God is doing it. Would you just try it out even to see if there's any change? Anybody? Just try something. Move about. Yeah, thank you for responding. Yeah, thank you. Jesus, increase your presence. Okay, let's, let's come back in. Not that you were anywhere. <laughs> not that you were thinking about the park or your dinner or anything. Yeah. It's not formulaic. It's keeping in step with the Spirit. It's, it's seasons and pathways of thrill and adventure. Sometimes it's sit here, be quiet. You know, sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's shout for joy. Sometimes it's... It's fasting, and if, you, if you're all up for that, God bless you. Sometimes it's feasting and celebration. Yeah, I'm all up for that part. Here's what happens when you camp at a dry brook. You start to complain. Again, not for this church, but for another church. Those who are listening in by way of podcast. If you just camp by a dry brook, you start to complain. You'll see it's the church's fault. It's this fault. It's, it's a fault, their fault, and it's... It's not what it was. I don't feel God's presence anymore the same way. I don't feel him there. It's not happening. It's not the same vibe. I'm, and, and I'm not being fed. And you know, all this, this talk, it just leads to one, one outflow, one, one conduit leads in one way. And that's, I'm not serving anymore. I'm not showing up. I'm not going to be inconvenienced. That's where it leads us to. I'm not going to be inconvenienced. Anybody ever been there? I, I'm confessing, by the way. I've stayed by dry brooks and I've become a pain in the backside. 
I complain. I start to, to blame and to, sh- to shift blame. And, and then it's, it's like, I'm not serving. I'm not going to be inconvenienced. You know, I've done all this for God, and then God's not showing up. And I feel the Father saying, Jason, come on, let's go again. New season, new refreshing, new provision, new fruit. Amen? When preachers say amen, if you're not familiar with church, uh, it's just a cue to say, whoa! <laughs> uh, that's what it really is. It's Christian jargon. for, And it can also mean that you agree also. Like, yeah, let's, what you said. That's another way of saying amen. What you said. Amen? amen. Jeez, you're slow. <laughs> no, let's try. <laughs> and you led that. Amen? Oh, what you said, what you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want? I want you to be quiet and stop going on. Going on at me at the front row. Enough's enough. It's a new sheriff in town. So here's what the Lord wants to say to some of you this morning. And I, I believe this is the word of the Lord, okay? Because it's scriptural and you can take with it and allow the, God, allow the Spirit of God to breathe on it. Go at once to Seraphath in the region of Sidon and stay there. Now, some of you are thinking, I need Google Maps. Where is that, Jason? I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. I don't don't think anybody necessarily needs to pack a bag for Lebanon. But if the Lord's speaking, then who am I to uh, stop that? But, But there's new orders, there's new promises, and there's new season for some of us. I have a new season, new place, new direction, new promises, new provision. What did I feel the Lord send you this morning? So first 10 and 11. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't want to put any uh, weight on that because it's between you and the Holy Spirit. So he went to Seraphath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. This is highly spiritual, isn't it? He caught gathering sticks like just doing her normal every day for cooking and fuel. He called to her and he asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Don't you love him? As she was going to get it, he called, oh, and uh, by the way, would you uh, bring me a piece of bread too? But the, the cool thing about this is it's just classic Irish, right? You go into somebody's house and they walk out the kitchen, what do some people shout out? When you're out there, you wouldn't stick the kettle on. And then you go to some weird houses where people just go out the kitchen all the time, they just stick the kettle on. I had a granny and a mommy like that. They just keep sticking the kettle on. They're not making tea. They just, just, just in case somebody comes to the door and God forbid the two-minute kettle boiling is not there and then when they come in the door. So you just keep burning the kettle, right? That's what you call inconvenience when it's not boiled inside two minutes. God, we have a tough in Ireland, don't we? What are you looking at? We're only bantering. We really love each other. I'd see, there's nothing strange here in the Middle Eastern culture. Again, it's just like us. It's, it's, it's put the kettle on. And then at the same time, if you're me, I would always like a wee bit of Jamaican cake. I'm just putting that out there too. Because one day I mentioned yogurts and I got yogurts. I have been mentioning Vespa parts, but that hasn't come yet. So this week, I, want to rem- I just want to put it out there. Jamaica cake with butter. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So it's that type of moment when, when they go out the kettle, you know, put the tea on, and, and when you're out there, you wouldn't bring me in a wee bit of cake too, same time. And that's all he's doing, but here, here's the cringe part. Stay with me, we're near finished. Verse 12. As surely as the Lord 
Your God lives, she replied. I don't have any bread. I'm all out. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug, and I'm gathering a few sticks to take home. Listen to this part. This is gut-wrenching. I make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it. And what does the scripture say? And die. Famine. Now it's awkward. Right? Now it's no longer if you're going out to the kitchen, bring me in a cup of tea and bit of, if you're out there too, would you bring me in a bit of Jamaica cake with a bit of butter? Just that keeps locking in there. Man, this is, this is a poor widow. She's hungry and thirsty. And you're thinking, Christian thinking here is, what do we do with widows and orphans? Oh, help me with this. This is basic Christianity 101. We do care for them. We put the lonely in the families, right? We look after the widow and the orphans. But here's an, this like seems like an obnoxious prophet, right? This like seems like a televangelist. You don't have anything. It's not that. We're going to come to a good part in a minute, just by the way. This seems to us, as you read it, it sounds like a television evangelist. You know, I read last week, there's a guy looking for a 54 million pound jet plane. And I'm just looking for a Vespa. <laughs> My faith lacks at times, and I'm working on it. Thank you to all the trustees that are listening this morning. <laughs> Read the scriptures, guys. The, the, the Christian thinking, the God attitude is, please don't do that. But here's the thing. When God makes unusual requests, he stretches our faith, he knows why, and he knows where you're going. Let me say that again. When God makes unusual requests, when he stretches your faith, he knows why, and he knows where you're going. He's a good father. He's not the television evangelist. He knows why. You see, we're getting there, we're getting there, don't panic, but you see, we tell people to invite Jesus into their heart, and I'm all for that, and I'll give you an opportunity to do that just to end this conversation, but... We do that, but the mindset in our Western culture is that we ask Jesus into our heart, and then we ask Jesus into our life, our convenient life, right? Our easy living life, our blessed life, our blessed resource life here in the West. We ask Jesus to come into our life and follow us on our journey. And what it actually means is that when we ask Jesus into our life, we just recognize him as Lord and Savior. We bow to his kingdom and his government, and then we inscribe ourselves into his story in his life. Are you with me? So that's why I have, uh, and I know we've had this conversation with a few out there, and, and some of our thinking on discipleship is just plain Westernism, convenience conversation. You see, in Jesus' day, you didn't do things, spiritual habits, you just inscribed yourself into the life of Jesus. You just became part of his life. You did what he did. You didn't become formulaic or class-driven or, or anything else or something that we just we box up and package up. It's actually that we, we inscribe our whole lives into the life of Messiah, King Jesus, Lord of all, King of kings. Amen? What he said. That's right there. That's, that's the kingdom of heaven. That's what we want to do. Where's his voice prevalent? Where is his voice prevalent in your life, guys? Help me with this. Elijah says, don't be afraid, bring it to me first. Is that really God? Would he? Surely not. Verse 14, 
got to get, got to get finished up here. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain in the land. Here's what happens with generosity, guys. Here's what happens to surrendering your will to the life of Jesus and inscribing yourself to the king and the kingdom is that when we give our yes, when we go beyond convenience and when we become inconvenient at times that God comes up and shows up. And this is not prosperity preaching. This is biblical teaching that when we surrender ourselves to the king and the kingdom, to his word and the scripture, to the heart of the spirit and the life of the spirit, that God shows up and he provides for us. He provides for us. He provides for us. He provides for us. He knows who you are and he knows where you're going. He knows who you are and he knows where you're going. Vineyard, he knows who we are and he knows where we're going. We've got to surrender ourselves to the future, the coming age of Christ. What is this text saying to us? That's Old Testament, Jesus. No, it's not. It's Matthew 6 and 33 at its core. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God, his rule and reign, and all these other things will be added on to you. Seek first the kingdom. Is the kingdom first in your life, or have you asked Jesus into your heart and said, hey, Jesus, come along for the journey. What do you see what I'm doing? Jesus, I'm, uh, I'm not really gallant with the people of God anymore because the church is too screwed up, and it's just, it's just all the politics that's going on. But Jesus, come, come on, follow me. Jesus is saying, no, 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 stop it. Describe your life into my life. I'm head of the church. I died for her. Come, describe your whole life into the king and the kingdom. Reorientate your life, even if it's inconvenient, and let's move on that way. Let me finish with a good story. True story, verse 15. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. It all lined up. It fit it. The plan worked. The provision came. He knew where they were. He knew who they were, first of all. And he knew where they were going. Why did he ask? Why does he ask? Let's bow our heads. Let's reorientate our hearts this morning. Let's change culture for the betterment of the kingdom. Let's echo and reverberate the kingdom of heaven here in Tyrone, here in Dungan. Let's begin to be inconvenienced. Guys, what do you need to do this week? Lay down your phones, maybe for a week or two. Get off the of Facebook. Get off the Instagram, maybe that just reorientate your life. You see, it's not always in the it's not always the dramatic, but often the small ordinary where we experience the dynamic of the kingdom of heaven. Let me say that again. It's not always the dramatic, but often the small ordinary that we experience the dynamic of the kingdom of heaven. Let me say that one more time just so that it sinks in to our soul and to our heart and to our mind. It's not often and not always the dramatic, but the small ordinary where we experience the dynamic power of the kingdom of heaven. The showing up, the serving, the kind word, the opening up of your home for food, the having people around for dinner, the extended list of the barbecue. Whatever it is, it's all the kingdom of heaven. It's all the kingdom of God. What is he saying to you? What's the season where God is bringing you into? Where is your obedience and provision meeting together? Can I pray for you? Stand with me, please, would you? Let's put our posture, our hearts, our hands to receive from Jesus this morning.
without being overdramatic. It's a counter-cultural message you just heard this morning. And so I just, I'm just going to ask you, I can't persuade you again, but maybe you need to reorientate your life. Maybe there needs to be some upset to reset where we are and what God's doing in our lives. Guys, maybe it's just a small practical thing. The giving up your finances, the giving up your time, the giving up your talents, the opening up your house, the kind words, not more, not critical. Don't stay by the brook. And I pray for those here at the brook this morning. If I can do that, I'm not saying you're critical. Please do not hear that. You're critical if you stay there and complain. But you just feel like the brook's dried up, right? It's just natural. It's just natural. But I just want, want your ears to be open to what the Spirit of God is doing and for you to be courageous and brave. Some of you need to change job. Some of you need to change relationships and friendships that are not healthy. Some of you need to change some things in your life. Some of you need to go around the long way, way past the Cavan Road and Killyman Road. It's inconvenient you for two minutes or three minutes, but some of you need to do that this morning. It might cost you a little bit more diesel or petrol. So if that's you, why don't you just respond? Will you put your hand up? I'm going to pray for you. Your brook's dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brook's dry, yeah. There's way more than that. Your brook's dry. You're, you're at the place where God met you, but you need to change. Spirit of Christ, come. Oh, Holy Spirit, breathe on us right now. Give us the courage. Give us the courage, the tenacity, and just the grit of intention, determination to live intentionally in the kingdom of heaven, to respond to the voice of the Spirit. And where it doesn't seem logical at times, where it doesn't seem like good old-fashioned wisdom, God, would you give us the courage and the wisdom? Here's the thing, guys, about that. If you're at the brook, you've got to move. Don't expect an angel to come from heaven and to move you with divine transportation. Happened once in Scripture, I don't know, many other times. Actually, twice. One guy died and went to heaven. So if you're up for that, then you can pray about that. The other time was in the book of Acts. It's always partnership. There's always a walk and there's always a first step. There's always a showing up. Jesus, come. Come. Hey, before we go into Norway, just pause for a minute. She's going to speak and whatever the Lord's got on her heart and then she'll wrap it up. If you want to come up for prayer, when I'm finished, to right of me or left of me, we'll have a prayer team. If you need some... Just God answer, God courage. Come and get prayer. If you're sick in your body, come and get prayer. But let's just listen to what the Father still wants to communicate. I just sense that just we're in this attitude of prayer, that there's, there's some of you and the Lord has spoken and you do realize that there's an inconvenience attached to it. I mean, at each time in that story when the Lord spoke to Elijah, he had to actually get up and move and go somewhere. He had to actually physically do something and move and go. And I just sense that there's some of you and you have sensed the Lord speak, but it's like you don't really like what he's asking you to do. <laughs> and I've been there. 
trust me, I've been there. And it's like you don't, it's too inconvenient. You're like, no, God, actually, I'm just going to sit here and wait until you give me a better word. I'm just going to sit until you give me a better word that I like better than that one. If you don't mind, I'm going to sit here beside this dry. Not even that you've even, you haven't even got as far as a dry brook yet. Um, and just with every eye closed, I would love to pray for you. And what I would love to pray is courage. There's no condemnation in this from the Father this morning. It's all invitation. It's invitation. And what he's saying is, I've spoken. You've heard me. Now will you trust me? And will you take the step forward? You've heard me. Now will you trust me? So would you put your hand up and I'd love to pray. Everybody's, everybody's in a place of thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So Father, I thank you for each of these people that have responded right now. And God, would you fill their heart with courage right now. Fill their heart with courage. Father, I thank you, first of all, that you've spoken to them, that they have heard your voice, that they know that you're their Father. And now, Lord, would you, with courage, would you just propel them forward? And Father, I just bless them to move. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I bless you to move. I bless you to take a foot just even a step forward today. Determine right now in your heart what it is you need to do today to walk into what the Lord has invited you into. Don't leave it to tomorrow because you'll just talk yourself out of it again. Don't leave it to next week. But today would you move forward into that what the Father has for you because you can trust them. You can trust them. It might be inconvenient, it might not look exactly how you'd like it to look. It may even be really sheer hard work. But if the Father is inviting you into it, it is so worth it. Yeah, God, thank you. Just bless us. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your word to us. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless us the rest of this day, whatever we put our hands to, whatever conversations we have. Lord, would we speak blessing today and not cursing? Would we speak blessing and not cursing today? In your name, Jesus. Amen.